ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. On this evening's episode, we've got a really special guest or two. We've got Alex from his very own uh, podcast we did on him, what, a year ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I'm not Slavic enough. Is this Slavic? Is this this type of Slavic? Yeah, it is Slavic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And also, we have Dave. Dave, I can't remember your last name. Cromasco. Cromasco. Oh, well, that might be why I can't remember it. That would. <laughs> uh, and Dave worked as a cameraman for CHCH. Uh, did you ever work on any of the new stuff or was it mainly shows? Oh, mainly shows. Mainly shows? Studio, studio shows, uh, remotes. Yeah, move, sports, it, move it closer like to you. Okay. Yeah. Got it, no problem. There you go. That should be good. Let's try it there. Is that any better? Or are you a little closer? A little bit closer. You gotta really eat the mic. Yeah. Okay, a little bit closer. Ah, no, that's good. That's good right closer. there. That, that's that's good. Yeah. Closer, closer, closer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're they're cardioid mics, so they kind of make a bubble around your head, yeah. and if you're not like right up on it, it doesn't. I'll be get right you at there. All. I'll yeah. be right there then. Yeah. So, uh, first, I want to know where did you go to school? I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. 1968, there was only one school basically around here. That was Ryerson. where You could get a, I guess it was a diploma or a degree or whatever it is in television arts. A little bit of a, a story when I went in to for my sort of interview, the general manager of the station, um, Frank Denardis, he asked me, you know, what experience I had in television. I said, I watch it a lot. That's that that to me that's a degree. That's what I said. Yeah, to, that's yeah. what I said to him and well apparently you're in good company because uh, I've heard Tarantino before say that uh when other directors went to film school he went and watched a bunch of movies and that's why his movies are so good. So I guess the same thing worked out for you. Yep, I watch it a lot and the reason I went to try getting a job in television is because of the Beatles. Oh, there you go. One yeah, of Sarah's they had favorites. Yeah, movie um a hard day's night, I believe, and there was a, a scene in there in a in a television studio. I've always loved photography, and um, I mentioned it to my dad, who here we go with you know that kind of thing. It's yeah, not what you, you know. want to? What it, are you going to do with your life? It's who you. It's what you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And he happened to be. He taught Frank Denardis at Cathedral. Ah, uh, got you. You know, so um, I ended up getting a job and. Uh, you know, I guess the rest is history. Wow. So you obviously finished high school then. Oh, yeah. I had yeah, one year yeah. at Mac, too. Oh, okay. So, okay. But that, that didn't pan out. And you started at CH right away? Or no, I think I finished Mac in 66. I, then I went to a, a, cor, a computer course. I got uh, went for a business language course. And... Um, I only got uh, I got a bunch of job applications. Everybody wanted three months experience, and I said to them, um, "How am I supposed to get three months experience if nobody's going to hire me to get three months experience?" Yeah, yeah. And then um, in August, 
August 12th of 1968. That's when I started at CH. So it's been a while. 1968. What was the very first thing you worked on? Do you remember? Very first thing I worked on was two days off. And then we did a commercial for Nescafe. Nescafe. And my job was to go into our back room and filter out all the small pieces of coffee, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very carefully put them back in the jar so that when we shot them on camera, all you would see was the big pieces of instant coffee. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> that was my first job. It was just fixing props to work properly. Oh, it was all props. You started in props. The very first thing I did on set was uh, rewrap a bunch of candy bars into different wrappers for American Gods. <laughs> oh, Rewrapped candy bars into different wrappers. Yeah, yeah. Like they bought a bunch of like milk duds or whatever, but like in universe, their candies were called like, I don't know, like gold nugget or whatever. So they made a bunch of boxes to be like the in universe candy, but then like somebody went and bought a candy from the store in the script, so they needed to make a whole box. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. And that was the very first thing I ever did on a set. That's crazy. That's, that's nuts. One thing I wanted to get out there before we got going, uh, we lost a cast member this week. Uh, Tim, who was on um, the music podcast, he was on The Man from 3036 or 3032. I can't remember what the number was. He was also most recently on the Pets podcast. Um, so if anybody out there would like, um, copies of the episodes that he was on, I was thinking about putting them on to, uh, flash drives. And if you know me personally, just let me know and I'll see what I can set up for you. Um, I'm not charging anything for them, but, uh, if you could pay for the flash drive, that would be great. You know, I, I don't care to make any profit whatsoever. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows of him and, what he was about because some of the stuff he said on the music podcast was really insightful he himself back in the day was a break dancer i don't know how good he was because you know i never got to see him do it but i would have i would have paid money i tell you what so that's just our little bout uh we will miss him we will miss him dearly and uh godspeed my friend anyways we can get back to it that's enough of the the sad shit you know Everybody's moving on from that, so. Uh, so you started with the props, and then how long doing props until you actually got behind the camera? I started on camera on October 6th of 1969. So what's that, 15 months? I don't know how you remember these dates. I I'm a numbers guy. Oh, okay. I just, I don't, and I don't know how or why I remember those things. It just happens. I can't remember yeah. what I had for breakfast, but I can remember all that stuff. <laughs> you can, like, remember, like, your dad's 65th birthday and all that kind of... No. No, just when certain things happen, certain you'll remember. Things, yeah. yeah. I keep getting, I kept getting my mom's and my dad's birthdays mixed up. Oh. Because one was in July, one was August, one was the 29th, one was the 30th, and I always got them backwards. Oh, one on the... I don't know why, but it was just... Huh. Some kind of mental block. Oh, it happens to the best of us. Like, I'm only 38, and I'm getting them now, you know, like... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where do you get to 
this age. Oh yeah, I'm like like uh, we got Peter in house playing the studio audience tonight, but uh, uh, as he once told me, he's looking forward to Simility because he thinks it'll be a blast. For him, not anybody else, but but for him, you know, and that, that, that's what's important, right? <laughs> um. So, do you remember what was the first show you were the cameraman for? Yes, it was hockey at the Barton Street Barn, um, where the Hamilton Red Wings used to play, and um, they had three cameras, two up on top of the. Uh, the stands and then they had one in the corner which is the one i had behind a piece of plexiglass and the one thing that i do remember is everybody used to throw their mustard and ketchup and relish oh. containers on the floor and then step on them and when i came out of there i was, was i was red yellow and green <laughs> just up covered to my in knees stuff. just covered in this stuff but uh, that was the first thing that, that i did on camera I used to go in and do wrestling on my own time. We, oh. did, we did a lot of wrestling. We used to tape, um, it was called Maple Leaf Wrestling. And we used to tape it at the Telecenter, which is in the West End. I'm not sure what it is now. It's a dinner theater place or something like that. Oh. And I used to go, we used to tape three shows a week or three shows a night for three weeks. And um, there were there were a few interesting goings on there. So, um yeah, that's I used to, like I said, I used to do that on my own time. But that's how basically they found out I was interested in doing camera, not audio or yeah. videotape or something like that. Well, even like the podcast here, like we don't make any money on this. This is completely mm -hmm. hobby, right? So like uh, being able to have guests like yourself and Alex, you know, come and know the ins and outs of the studio. Like mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, Alex is working, had worked on the um reboot to kids in the hall that is now out and about really wow. yeah yeah he, he, uh, alex is doing all right yeah i had like a real surreal moment where i was just like sitting around watching youtube and an ad came up for kids in the hall and i looked at it and uh i ended up working on like the post-production for that show and i'm the one who like made the intro i redid the intro and then I saw them Did play really? the intro. Yeah, yeah. I oh, saw them play geez. the intro and saw it. It was just like a really surreal for a moment. I was like, wow, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I like, uh, I don't know. I remember that show. I'm not going to say I was like a huge diehard fan, but I definitely like, remember that show growing up and mm -hmm. all of its weirdness. And like, I've only grown to appreciate that kind of humor more. Yep. Um, it was pretty cool. Peter, and Tim, and I, we actually sat down and watched the first episode. Wow, did I get an eyeful of wiener like 10 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> like so much dick. Yeah, they, they definitely go full frontal nudity in the first episode just because they don't like you. <laughs> oh, it was so great. The The skit was about uh, these two guys robbed a bank. And they had just gotten into the getaway car. And they were starting to get surrounded by police and he says oh god what do we do and he's like quick take your clothes off and he's like why and he's like because they're looking for two guys with like hoodies and masks and all this kind of stuff they're not looking for two naked guys so they take off all their clothes the police ask them to step out of the car and they both get out you know they're not even holding their hands in front of anything and they just stand there and they're like okay well we 
clearly have the wrong people. You gentlemen just go back to what you were doing. And for God's sakes, put some clothes on or whatever, right? So they get back in the car and they just drive away, you know, scot-free. You know? Yo, Perfect. Yeah, you know, the funniest part is at the end, the way the skit ends is like uh, they see their clothes on the floor. And then after they see their clothes on the floor, they freak out and call for backup. the clothes are here so you worked on the hockey where'd you go from the hockey or did we not get there yet never didn't go to hockey yet yeah you were yeah you said you were getting hit with the mustard we did well we did hockey we did with junior a junior oh okay junior a was on every i think it was thursday and then it went to tuesday oh Uh, we did that for a number of years um and then in 19 1976, we started leaf hockey. Oh, like the midweek games because CBC only covered the weekends. Oh, okay. Saturday night, you know, the hockey night in Canada. Yeah. And then we got a contract to uh, do that, the midweek games. um, And um, we did that until 1988. It, It used to be called Global, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it more so Global than it was CHCH or. No, it was global, and then they dropped it, and then uh, we ended up picking it up. Oh, so global dropped. I it. think I think somebody had it. I don't know if it was CTV or Global or it had a while because I there at that time there was only three of them around, four of them including us, right? There was CTV, CBC, Global, and uh, CH of the network kind of. Uh, stations so uh i th- i think global had it or ctv did and, and they dropped it and we picked it up and by we which one is we the ch, CH. oh yeah. okay yeah does it actually have anything that it stands for what ch canada hamilton canada hamilton oh wow that's creative that's uh <laughs> um i th- who was it was it uh it wasn't uh mr bibby it was before him uh, Sobel, I think it was Ken Sobel, and he was from Hamilton, diehard Hamilton person, and when they asked for the call letters, he said CHCH, Canada Hamilton, Canada Hamilton. Hmm. Why not? So that's what CHCH stands for. That's super simple. You can't forget that one. Yeah. I had no idea. I never would have guessed. <laughs> well, I remember before the CH part showed up, right? When it was all global stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And great programming even then, right? Like, I don't know about today. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, to be honest. You know, I couldn't tell you either way, but. Well, CH used to pick up, um, we had some incredibly insightful uh, people that would go down to Las Vegas to get all the shows. And CH showed um, All in the Family for two years. And then somebody else took it. They did. They had all the great shows. Didn't on. they have like Mash and Gilligan's Island? Yes, they had and... all that stuff. And then, <clears throat> and then it got like, you know, all in the family. I think they got it for like three hundred bucks a week or something like that for two years. And then it went to twelve thousand. That's not well. It going to twelve thousand is horrible. But well, that's three hundred bucks a week is not bad. Oh no, that was a, that was a steal back yeah. then because then it became well, all in the family. Um, and then uh, the. Uh, then it had to go to network, like a little, basically rinky-dink TV station in Hamilton, whose audience at that time, before we got all our transmitters on Ontario, yeah, uh, was just Hamilton. 
you know, maybe a 300-mile circle. Oh. Right? So the uh, commercial content, you couldn't sell. <coughs> not at $12,000 a half hour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you've got to go to Global or to uh, CTV or to um, uh, CBC. And I can't remember who, who bought it. I think, I think CTV bought it. And going, you know, coast to coast, to coast, uh, they could afford it. CH couldn't. Yeah. So we ended you up were... getting another winner for 300 bucks a week, ran it for a year, and then somebody else stole it. So, you know. Well, at least you got guys smart enough to know which ones to get for 300 bucks a week they to be able to get the money where they could, yeah. right? I can't remember. Uh, it was Frank Denardis and Sam Hepsher and I can't remember the third guy for the life of me. But um, Sam Hepsher was the guy that he, he cut a deal with... Um, all the major movie studios. Oh, okay. All of them. And they <laughs> they knew him because he ran the theater that the Telecenter was. I think, I can't remember what it was called. I want to say the Roxy, but I don't think it is. He ended up getting, like, the Ten Commandments. Oh. The Godfather was the first. <laughs> oh, was wow. first shown on CHCH TV on any, on any place in... in you know, North America. Wow. And um I didn't know that. Yeah, he had he had connections. And he yeah. had the, he had the rights to um oh what's the movie they show at Easter all the time? Um uh, I can't remember the name of it. Passion of the Christ? No. It's this it's an old like it's the robe or something like that. Um, oh. He had the rights to that until he died. Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat? No. no that's no, that's, the, that's the one I know about robes. No. But, um, Peter Cottontail? <laughs> it could be. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but he had the rights to that thing for the rest of his life. So, wow. It was incredible. How, how, you know, it was, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of um, uh, oh, Mark Hebsher, the guy who used to do sports. On CH. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Even though I'm not a sports guy, yeah, it does that sound was familiar. His, his nephew. So. Oh, okay. And he worked at the station too. He worked at Global first. Oh. And then he came to the station. So. Uh, what did you do after Leaf Hockey? Then I guess is what oh, we're. Oh God! You mentioned something. Did I? Oh. Oh, <laughs> did it? Oh, we did. Oh. We did everything. We were. We, you know, we did Olympics. We did. Um, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just working for the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like that's. I don't know. That sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, I did three of them. I did three of them. We did Montreal in 1976. Yeah. Oh, nice. We weren't in Montreal. We were at Varsity Stadium because that was where uh, we did the soccer games from from Varsity Stadium. Half of which we never did because at that time we covered a lot of the South African soccer team. And apartheid was going on, and a lot of the teams didn't want to play South Africa, so we ended up doing like half the games. Oh, wow. Right? And then we did uh, hockey in um, Calgary, um, and then we did the hockey in Lillehammer in 1992. Oh, wow. So uh, we did 88 in Calgary and 92 in, um, in Lillehammer. A lot of the other guys, because they're... I don't know. They they were more freelancers. They were more. Um, uh, they wanted to do that kind of stuff. I kind of went with the flow at CHCH, 
but they went out and actually almost uh, wanted the jobs to do other Olympics. Like one of the guys, two of the guys actually have Emmy Awards from um, the Olympics in, oh, I can't remember where that was. Um, in oh, Nope, can't remember. Nope. But they ended up getting an Emmy. And huh. uh, I think it was Seoul. South Korea. Oh, okay. And we've had we've had we've had a lot of those guys go out and you know they would put their names out and I didn't. I was like to go film there. They or? like to tape the stuff there and you know one of the guys went to Kilimanjaro to uh, to tape um, the guys go, going up the Canadian team going up uh, Mount Everest. <coughs> but I just I was happy here. So you you preferred more studio work than traveling. And yeah, to a certain extent, we traveled quite a bit when we did the Leafs because yeah. we followed mid midweek games, right? We went to, oh, geez, St. Louis, Minnesota, Washington. Oh, so you're heading through the states? You oh, weren't oh, just yeah. stuck in Canada? Oh no, we we did a few games in Montreal because um, Ottawa wasn't around. Um, a couple of the Western teams weren't around yet because they just weren't in the league yet. But when we went to uh, Washington, we took a cab from. Uh, the airport to our, our hotel. The cab driver asked us what we were doing. And he says, well, we're here to cover hockey. And the guy says, oh, is that the game with the puck ball? With the puck ball. <laughs> with nice. the puck ball. Oh, yeah, that's the game with the puck ball. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> and that was, that was like, you know, 76, 77. Oh, wow. I guess Washington had just gotten their team. And uh, they had no clue. So obviously everything was on tape still then, you know. Like, no, we showed it live. We showed the game live. Oh, okay, yeah, the game. But I mean, like, if you were doing like uh, recordings, like the the any TV shows where you were oh, in yeah. studios and stuff, that was yeah. all on film. It was all taped. Now, all have taped. you ever had that stereotypical scene where the the case pops off the camera and the tape spills on the floor? We never. Or, or had, is that just the like cam- the tapes were never in the cameras? Oh. There was videotape machines, and we they were basically cameras. Cable goes back to a switcher. Also, it wasn't even in the camera itself. It went back no. to a master recorder kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, not for us. Like the guys in the newsroom. Yeah. Yes. It oh. was all in there. Um, but for us in the studio, we never had we never had tapes in our cameras. Oh, wow. That's neat. I, I didn't realize, you know, it being like older technology, but you also still like... When you think of like a cameraman, you think of like, you know, it's got this spool of camera yeah. film on the top and all that kind of stuff. I guess they would have that more so for movies and stuff like yep. that. Yeah. But like for television and stuff, you don't realize that. No, it just goes straight back to the guy in the booth and goes, he records it. Go, it, and, it goes to, to um, the, uh, the control room. And then in the control room, they have an audio guy. They have a videotape guy. They've got a switcher. They've got a director. Um, sometimes you have a producer. Um, the switcher switches it from like angle one to angle two kind of thing. Camera, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you got four cameras, camera one, two, three, and four. Yeah. And then the director, if he knows what he's doing, um, no, no shot. But if he knows what he's doing, he'll call, you know, camera one and mean camera one. Yeah. You know, so one of the one of the directors is ready to ready to ready to ready to take three. 
The switcher goes Looney Tunes, right? Yeah, ready yeah. to. So he's getting ready for two. He's, he's like, he's, take three. Take three. Okay. Oh, what the? He's like, what you, that's yeah, not we what had we had one director that did that. Pedestal diagonally. What the? <laughs> <laughs> I know what he meant, but it just didn't come out making sense. But um, so you would have headphones on when you're recording. Oh yeah, right? we had a headset on, headset and, and talk back. So do you hear the actors at all, or do you just hear the guy in the booth giving the a direction? little bit of both? A little bit of both. When we did hockey, um, I listened to the director, but we mostly listened to the announcers because they're the guys that'll say, "Okay, go and get Daryl Sittler." Right. Well, Sittler's made a great play on that. Well, then my job as the to be on mine was mine was called tight follow. Oh, okay. I was the one on the swing seat right behind the penalty box at Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, that'd be fun. Right. Um, I get hit three times with a puck. Or you saw me hit me three times, and I never got the puck. Oh, well, that sucks. Lame. But anyways, um, yeah, he would, um, you know, he would, he would. You would hear the the announcer say, "You know, Sittler made a great play," and then I go and try and go find Sittler. Yeah, and then they take the take it, and you know, and then proceed on with the game. But um, that was that was my job was tight follow. Did you ever do any of the, like the, um, back just out by the changing rooms? They're like, "So what do you think about today's game?" And have you ever been like that? Was uh. The other cameras. We had the other cameras. One, you were more stationary camera? I was stationary. I was in a swing seat. The camera was right in front of me, and I yeah. was just in a swing seat that went back and forth. Screwed my knees up, but that's another story. We had one guy who was doing handheld, and he was between the benches. Right? He was between the benches, and he would go from one to the other. Oh, he man. shot of the coach. Well, I can't get the coach. So it was usually the guy that I know that did it uh, most of the time was Harry, Harry Carson. And he would... Um, you know, he'd get a shot of the coach, get a shot of this, get a shot of that. And then we're all, we're always looking around for shots, always looking for shots. Um, and, uh, yeah, Harry did a great job. He was one of the best hmm. that did that. So well, I think so anyway. And he was the hand cam. He was the handheld. Yeah. Handheld. You know, but it, it, he never had tape in there. Oh, okay. That was the next one. Back yep. to, uh, to the control room and then into the videotape for replays. Right, you have to have a re- gotta have a replay, um, and then we had a, a, a slow mo disc, um, and that was obviously slow mo disc, but it was a big piece of the shiniest piece of metal you've ever seen in your life, like a, a huge DVD. Oh wow! It weighed about forty pounds and only had thirty seconds on it. Oh, so that's why way back like in 76 to 80 or whatever it was like are you are we talking laser discs very similar um, yeah really very close very similar but it, it would record yeah. then you could play back 30 seconds right yeah but that's all you could play back yeah um and it didn't retain anything you, you if if you had a, a slow-mo playback then it would just go to a, a videotape machine it would be part of the recording of the show then they came out with um uh uh, the uh, one-inch machines. Everything was on two-inch back then. Two-inch videotape. Then it went to one-inch videotape. Then it went to three-quarter-inch videotape. And now it's on. I think a lot of it's just digital. It's all now. digital. Everything's yeah. digital. They got a they got a thing. Most of the stuff in there is called. El- they've got a machine there called Elvis. It's an LVS. It's called. Oh, I get it. Okay. Right. And um, it's called Elvis. And that's what most of the playbacks you see now. Like 
And the other thing, too, is you can call it up so fast. Like, remember that play, you know, half an hour ago? You know, and these yeah. guys, the good ones. They, they got it already. They, they yeah. Punch and boink, there it is. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. It's, it's amazing technology. Like, I even remember, like, the computers back in the day, even back in the 90s. And you couldn't do the kind of editing and stuff like that on a home computer from no. the 90s. No, no. freaking way. No. No freaking way. Yeah. Like, we've tried. Like, a buddy of mine, he taught himself uh, 3DS Max shortly after Toy Story came out. And that's what it was designed in, right? He did, like, a 30-second video and it took them five days to render the stupid thing out, right? Yeah. Just because they're not meant for that kind of processing. Absolutely. I have I have definitely, like, uh, I did a little bit of work at Hydro One. And uh, I did some, like, videos in there. And there, there were some days I would go in and it was just like, oh, well, this is going <laughs> to render for 12 hours. So I guess I'm going to sit here in front of this computer for the rest of the day and then mm. hope it works when I come back in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, the, the these old, especially the older things, these things take like days and days and days. I'm sure even Toy Story when it came out, even with the best computers, probably took like months to render. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I know all about your rendering problems. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Alex made all three of my logos, and they're so big that I can't post them anywhere until I reduce them significantly. I'm talking like half isn't small enough, you know, and I'm like, holy cow, dude. And he's like, well, it's easier to make it smaller than it is to make it bigger. I'm like, it's true. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you got this thing like Times Square big, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, you know what the problem is? It's that um, like if you're going to put something on a TV screen, the resolution doesn't need to be higher than 72 dots per mm -hmm. inch, right? Because screens don't really go higher than that. But if you're going to print something, it needs to be 300. So I gave you something that's print resolution where you're trying to put it up on the web. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like if you're going to make a t-shirt or something, I made you something. No, like I have great. though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, made yeah. 20 of them. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple people still have theirs looking good. Peter's still looks good. Uh, Dan's is worn out. Mine's in the middle between the two. Uh, River's looks really good, but that's because she grew out of the shirt the same day we bought it. Oh, God, I hate that crap. Like, you know, you feed them once and they gain an inch in every direction. And it's like, what the heck happened there? Okay, yeah. fine. Don't even think about feeding them after midnight. No, no. And don't get them wet. Yeah, that too. Well, till they start to smell and then, yeah, get them wet. Got no choice there. But yeah, uh, so when did you really start getting into like more studio stuff and, and not as much? We always did studio stuff. Like, from the day I started there, we always did studio stuff. Um, and then we we had, well, we did everything. We did everything. Like, we did sports. We did um, live stuff. We, we did um, uh, a concert, concerts at Mac. Um, we were just talking about it today with, with, uh, with Jenny. Um, Tranquility Bass. Is um, Ian Thomas. His oh, group okay. was calling Tranquility Base. We covered that. We covered lots of sports because it was cheap. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's really cheap. Not anymore because um, you got to pay rights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but back yeah. then, OUAA was, you know, they just wanted to be seen. 
Yeah. So basically... Well, kind of like this podcast, we're doing it to get it out there, to get recognition, to, you know, maybe spread different opinions. The only thing we don't touch on on this channel is the two things you should never talk about if you like people, and that's politics and religion. Because those Mm -hmm. things nobody will ever agree upon in the history of mankind. Ever, never, never. So leave them alone. Yep. You know, we'll have opinions, but we're not against other opinions. Is how yep. we we play the podcast, right? But in in the same breath, I can also say shit, and I can say fuck, because I said it too explicit, so that I'm not getting children coming in yep. and and you know maybe listening to something they probably shouldn't, especially some of uh, Sarah's murder mysteries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Her and Kelly sit down, and theirs go anywhere from uh, two and a half parter to like. The one was four episodes long, and that was the John Benet Ramsey case. Oh wow! When we covered that, it was so in detailed. And then um, last week we covered the Tupac and Biggie murder, but instead of making that several parts, we just made it go an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes, something like that. So in in that respect, it, it was. I don't think Chris brought his A game because my wife does listen to the true crime podcasts and stuff and realize that people want details they want timeline they want it in order mm-hmm. they don't want you know to have to jump back and forth and figure out who is who yeah so when sarah introduced to biggie smalls was she just laid it out and then chris is like oh uh i forgot my notes at home and then just started reading off of wikipedia i'm like dude i can do that and half the crap on there is wrong you mean they didn't watch south park Find out about Biggie Smalls? I guess not. You're a South Park fan? Oh, yeah, love it. Yeah, love it? Oh, really? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I love it, too. Chris got me hooked on it. Oh. The first one I saw was, was about um, uh, Cartman when when the uh, spaceship landed and the, the thing went up, uh, the uh, antenna went up his butt. Yeah, oh. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was the first one, and then of course there's Mr. Hankey. Yeah, classic, yeah. unbelievable. Mr. Hankey's a Christmas poo. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, I love him, and he loves you, or something like yeah. that. Yep. I've <laughs> I've been a fan of Towley. Towley's incredible. Yes, Towley. Don't yeah. forget to bring a towel. You know, <laughs> well, no, almost... you're a towel. <laughs> that was probably one of my well, favorites. They got what do you call? It? They got death death threats when they showed the um, uh, when they were going to show. Uh, who's Islam? Oh, Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a two-parter, and after the first one, they said you can't show yeah. any images of Muhammad. So they showed it next week, but they had the the black box around their face. Oh wow! They didn't cut anything. They, they just, didn't cut anything. No, they, they just, just put a black, black box, box around them. Oh god, that's that's a good creative way to fix it, <laughs> oh, though. Talk oh. about censorship, eh? Yeah, but they made it obvious. It's like we didn't want to do this, but here it is. You know. Yeah. They've been on for like 30 years. Ago. Oh, yeah. Some re- yeah oh, yeah. I was in early high school or even junior high when they started. And when it came out, it was so shocking, the yeah. stuff they were saying and doing. But you had to, you had to see that on uh, Comedy Central. Comedy, kind of, yeah. The unedited yeah. version, right? But then, yeah. like, it was all, was it, uh, uh, like, the paper cutouts? The first yep. one was their paper cutouts. Yep. Loved Holy it. Jeez. Uh, apparently... They they don't do the paper cutouts so more, or so much anymore. What they'll do is they'll do all the angles of that outfit once, 
And then from then on, it's been digitized in. So they've only ever cut out one. Whereas back in the day, they would cut out like 17 different jackets just to make them turn around a proper way. Well, now they would have all those 17 different jackets saved. But there, one interview I was listening to, he said they have like half a warehouse full of file folders of just smiles and eyes and hairs and heads and hands and gloves and, and, and just everything that they've ever done in the paper form still so they've mm. backed it all up so you never know you could actually still see throwback episodes where they use the eyes or the or the hats from the old style of doing south park so i yeah. still got i've still got my unopened box of cheesy poofs oh nice wow. i do it's unopened I, th- I can't remember i think it's cartman's on the front of it but I, I don't know if it, I think it's, it's Cartman. I'm pretty sure it's Cartman. That's perfect. I'm afraid to open it. Okay, well, we're... Anyways, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, I some but tangents I are great. Yeah, we digress <laughs> greatly. Um, So we're over a half an hour in. We're at uh, about 37 minutes, you know, give or take. Um, What? 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 You, you I, see I, could, I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Like, oh, no, uh, he's had his. Oh, yeah, he's had a whole special already. Oh, I did. Yeah, I Alex has had a whole special. My oh, yeah. Bad. My bad. Yeah. I just, yeah. This is about you. It's you're talking so much because you're the star. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. you're yeah, you're the sure. guest, man. I didn't know that. Um, so now we can talk about the two big ones, or at least what I consider the two big ones. Uh, you filmed every single episode of the hilarious house of Doctor Frankenstein. I was. Uh, there for all the tapings, but you know, it went through the summer, so I had vacation. Um, I missed the <clears throat> the character that I missed the most of was Griselda, but I came in on my own time to get pictures of it. Obviously, you've seen yeah. the pictures. I got, I got what have I got? Six hundred and eighty-three pictures. And if anybody out there uh, Google's the hilarious house of Doctor Frightenstein, if it's a black and white photo. Odds are it's Dave's. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and they're, and for those people who don't know, they are copyrighted. Yeah. To me, there's a lot of people that aren't even crediting you. I know. I, I've looked through. And it. That's really all I want is a credit. Yeah. You know. It, it was um, your camera. It was. It was me. everything. I, I, like, I developed them. I actually, yeah. I developed them on my. <clears throat> geez, sorry. Give me a break. Yeah, it's all right. <clears throat> I developed them in my mom's basement. Oh, there you go. So, like, they're not just yours because you worked there. They're yours because you actually... So, I made them. You made them. Right, and I made a deal with um, Mitch Markowitz, who owns the rights right now. So, there's no problem between me and Mitch um, about uh, the pictures. I mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you keep... No, I'm good. They were, um, they were... They had a few pictures in The Spectator, and they credited... Um, files from the star and i said where did you get those why are they crediting the star i says those are my pictures never did get an answer from the spectator and um that's lame yeah so i there's nothing i can do i mean if you have the copyright you can take them to court yeah yeah me on a fixed pension like what am i gonna do um i don't mind I love seeing them out there. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing those pictures out there. It's probably the best show I did other than Party Game. Um, and uh, 
I really like seeing them out there. But, you know, well, number one, please be aware that they are copyrighted pictures. Don't just go arbitrarily, you know. Yeah, copy and paste and everything. T-shirts. Yeah. Although that's covered by Mitch. Oh. Okay, so me and Mitch have a deal. Well, for the T-shirt kind the, of thing. For the T-shirts or the and, merchandising, yeah. right? Um, if I can find somebody like a, I don't know, I, I, I want to put out a calendar. Yeah. Right. I really want to pull out a calendar and Mitch is not going to argue with that. Yeah. He's, he's got the rights to the, all my pictures to do whatever he wants to do with them. Yeah. And I won't argue it. I've got the right to do anything I want to do with my pictures. Yeah. And he won't contest it. Uh, do you still have all like all the negatives and everything? Oh yeah. Honestly, I would really encourage you to like do something like that because it's such a rarity these days to have the rights to any of your work. Like I'll say, all the work I do is work for hire, and it can be very frustrating because like for me, even if I'm applying to other jobs, mm-hmm. I have to put work that I did behind like a password to make sure it's not to the general public so that I don't right. violate copyright. And it's really frustrating because like. If you talk to anybody who worked on that show, they'll all tell you I did it. Mm. But it's just legally, I didn't have anything to do with it. So I would really encourage you, like, really take advantage of, like, the, the rights of that kind of stuff. Because that's the rarity these days. Like, if they decided to take something I did on a show I worked on and turn into merch or whatever, tough luck for me. Oh, you, know? you can't do fuck all about can't it. can't do fuck all. I don't have any of the rights to it because I, I sign it all the way with the, with the job contract. Yeah. I always look forward to your personalized Christmas cards. Those are those are the best. He's done some pretty funny renders of different things. Yeah, I, I like Christmas a lot, and I had to do a Christmas card in school, and then I was like, "Hey, I'm going to keep doing these." And I'll, I, get, I'll give you my address. It. I'd like to get one. Sure, I'd love to give you one. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, um, I I've sold. Not the rice, but I've sold a bunch of pictures to, uh, uh, there's a guy in California. He put out a book. Actually, he put out an album, four albums. Um, another one put out a DVD. Another one put out a book. Um, my pictures are all in all those books. Um, you know, and we cut a deal with them and I get credit. That's all I want. Like around yeah. here, I don't care. I just, you know, there, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to really retire on what I'm going to get from those pictures. Yeah, yeah. True enough. You know, so um, it, it's just it's, it's just a little recognition. One thing, <coughs> excuse me, one thing I really enjoyed was the um, record insert you gave me. The record? Insert, the paper book part. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. And I was looking yeah. for it uh, before you came over, but I, you know when you put something somewhere safe? Yeah, it's there, and I'm not sure where there is. Yeah. So, yeah, there could be any. But it's in good condition wherever it is. Wherever, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I've got. I think I got a couple more, because I asked him for 10 of them. Yeah. 10 or 15 of them. And he sent me four albums, six albums. I don't know what music he's got on there, (coughs) because he paid a fortune for the rights. That was the problem with Wolfman. When we did the thing back in 1971 like there really wasn't too much to be said about um getting the rights to be able to play those songs yeah and today they tried to get the rights holy jumping paul mccartney owns some of the rights michael jackson owns some of the rights it's gotten so bad that nowadays they make you uh 
make sure you put the rights to the fonts that you use through clearance to make sure that nobody's going to chase you after the rights. That's how crazy. Holy, give me a these, break. These days, the rights is like everything. Even even just this week, we ended up having a problem with the rights to stuff. I ended up screwing with like my whole timeline for work mm-hmm. and screwed me out of a bunch of stuff. Crazy. Oh, it's insane. The, um, the theme song, the opening theme was done by the family... Stone family, the family stone, whatever it is, and um, we he couldn't use it in oh. in the Woody call, so he got a, a a guy that he knows, and he changed a couple of notes, and, and just went uh, with and recorded it, it yeah. himself, yeah. right? And um, that's okay. Yeah, because it was enough of a change. Yeah, it was enough of a change. Uh, I I can sample things. So, for example, last week when I was doing the Biggie Smalls, I did like a little bit of an intro of the one of his song. Mm-hmm. But you get like less than ten seconds, right? And it's got to be transformative as well. So yeah. I, I can't just be like pe- playing the whole song for the sake of playing the whole song. I have to. Well, for that, that was the only part of any song I used in the whole thing, and it was because we were talking about him, right? So that would put it under transformative. But, yeah, I'm not even sure who holds the rights technically from me putting these things onto a server host and having them distributed, especially since the current company I'm using it does it for free, whereas most other ones cost anywhere from 30 to $530 to just post, and then they delete your stuff after a while. Whereas the one I'm using um, lets me keep an entire library back up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you try to get, like, how many songs did we play on, you know, for for the Wolfman? um, To get the rights to those things, like, it's it's prohibitive. Especially for a little. Did Igor dance every time to those? Yes. Every single time? Yeah. When you see Igor in there, that's Igor. (laughs) That's him. That oh, is man. really him. Yeah, Fishka Race, his name was South African. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, all the money that he got, which wasn't much because of, uh, I'm not going to say, he and he tried to get a, a, a stomach bypass. Oh. Didn't work. Oh. He passed away about a year after he got the bypass. Oh, God. Uh, he weighed like 100 pounds. He went from that down to 100 he went pounds. Because it just didn't work. Oh my God! Hospital for a long time. Um, I think that's that's. I know he. I know that's what it was. I don't know whether it was a year, you know, three years, five years. I don't know. But yeah, um, as time goes, right? As time goes. Yeah. But uh, he passed away, and we had uh, those were fun days. Let me tell you, those were fun fun days. When we have fireworks, why is there always stuff going on when we got? So special today. A podcast going. Um, but, um, um it's uh it was quite the show. There's so many stories about the show. It's, it's you know Well, uh one that you were telling me is you met Vincent Price. Oh, I work with Vincent Price. We did um all the intros that you see um to all the segments. We did three hundred and twenty of them in wow. four days. In four days. Four 10-hour days, and the last day was not 10 hours. Oh. Because we had to go get beer and post yeah. some pictures with Mr. Price. Well, of course. Um, and um, he was he was unbelievable. We had everything on cue cards. It wasn't on teleprompter or anything. It was cue cards. Yeah. Guys out there writing cue cards. Like, we had stacks and stacks of cue cards. 
He would read it and do it, read it and do it, read it and do it. Never missed a beat. I don't think I don't think we had to redo one of them. Wow. And then we do ten. And then we take a jelly bean break. The reason being is that the story that I heard was that his father during the depression worked in a candy factory. And the only thing he could get for the kids was jelly beans and red licorice. So he got a he got a fix. He needed his fix of jelly beans. So oh, apparently that's awesome. I heard another story. He got special jelly beans flown in <laughs> flown in from New York. And he would come around oh, wow. to the guys with this big container of jelly beans, right? And we take a handful of jelly beans, you know, and we stuff them in our mouths. And then as soon as we were finished with that, go back and do 10 more. He changed costumes. We do 10 more. Wow. Take a break, another jelly bean break. Um, and we did that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, sometime in 1971. I can't remember when it was, but I think if I remember right, it was around June. Did he have diabetes? <laughs> I don't know. You, you don't know? I have no. no idea. You thought it would have come up. Yeah, but uh, probably the best person of that ilk that I've ever worked with. Um, you know, when you say Vincent Price, we're just, not talking. Just a really cool you dude. Know, we're, ta- we're not talking C and B movies. We're talking, you know, top-notch stuff and, and a great actor and. We're talking thriller Vincent Price. Thriller Vincent Price. And Apparently those lines were written in the taxi cab on the way over to the theater. His lines in thriller. Really? So you guys were way more prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, great guy. Like I say, he posted pictures with all of us afterwards and went out and bought his beer. And was It kind of cute story. The, the, the thing we did in the States... The picture we got in the states is of a, a one of a floor manager named Tommy Knight. There's Tommy and Vincent Price, and they both got a beer, right? And it's Molson. Well, they had to digitally take out Molson because you can't have a brand of oh uh, yeah. Right. So they ended up. I can't remember what, but they should have made it. Um, there was a drink that they had in Dracola. Oh, remember they had Dracola, yeah. I, I, and I said, you know, why didn't you make it Dracola for the guys? They never did, but um, it was pretty interesting. It was pretty interesting. Some of the stuff, like I would not have wanted to clean out Griselda's uh, what, mess of whatever oh, cauldron thing going on. Because everything he threw in there, eggs and whatever he threw in, that stayed there for like <laughs> yeah. like three weeks that we did Griselda because we would shoot. Like Griselda for three weeks, then we'd shoot the librarian for three weeks, then we'd shoot something else for three weeks. Then they'd take out the segments and edit it to time because everything was different time. So they'd yeah. have to look at them and say, okay, we need a minute and 40 here. We need two minutes and 50 here. Um, yeah. And um, then they put the show together, but we never did like a show because it would oh, take, oh, it like, would take it was, like a yeah. week to do one show. And we did 130. Oh, wow. Right? There was 130 shows of that thing. Huh. Then it went to the States. I can't remember his name. But it went to the States and they edited it down to um, 30 minutes. And it was shown on WKBW. Oh. In the buffer, um, Merv Griffin. Oh, okay. Merv Griffin had a company and they sold the rights to, to them. And then Merv Griffin cut it down to half an hour. It showed all over the country. And in Los Angeles... 
it was outdrawing Johnny Carson. Oh, wow. Because of all the college students. that. Were oh, there, yeah, yeah. The, the cult following, it started to pick up and stuff. And, and, you know, they're... They're wacky tobacco and stuff like that. Yeah. So once it came on. We're quite familiar. And they showed it at 1130. Yeah. At night. Same as Carson. And it was outdrawing Carson. That was, it was awesome. crazy. You know, and like you say, now it's become a cult thing. Like it's, well, it's yeah. yeah. And, just... and if you don't know about it, you're really missing out on, on a good piece of history right there. Exactly. Exactly. And Billy was the show. Yeah. Billy Van was, was the show. Um, it's as simple as that. Yeah, he played every character pretty much, pretty much unless he needed character. someone with him, um, like Igor, for example. Yeah, Igor or or Guy Big. Yeah, who was originally supposed to be the Count. Oh, really? <laughs> but he couldn't remember his lines. Oh, that's what I heard. So, because they had, you know, the the. What do they call him now? Vertically challenged person. Oh, okay. With the big guy, right? Yeah. Um, and Billy wasn't even supposed to be part of it. And, oh. And um, then he couldn't do the do his thing, and uh, he said, "Billy said, well, I'll do it.'" Hmm. Like Billy was the gorilla. Yeah. He was um, not Superfly. That was Mitch. But they had another character. He he was the guru with the flower pot. He was the guru, yeah. We had a guy up in the grid, our grid, our lighting grid, and he would drop carnations on him. Yeah. And as the day went on, the carnations got watery and watery and heavier and heavier. And you'd see Billy go boom, like this goes fall on his neck and his <laughs> Billy come up with a bad neck. Oh God. You know, but um it, it was it was a great show to work on yeah you know but uh too Sounds, many stories yeah uh you also worked on uh the red green show i did the very first red green show at chch tv because he red green started as a character one character in the smith and smith show that yeah. we did and i guess steve decided to steve smith decided to expand it to a show for some reason he you know it went on i did the very first show that we did at chch and 15 years later i did the very last show in toronto 15 years 15 later 15 years later i think it was 10 or 15 years i think it was 15 years i'm pretty sure it was um and uh it was because of a cbc thing we you know we don't know what it is but yeah. they got all the guys from ch and we went in there and there were three of us that had done, you know, the series at CH. And it went there, and then it went to Global. Then it went to CBC. Oh, wow. And um, we did telethons with uh, Red and um, Cousin Harold. Yeah. Nephew Harold. Nef <laughs> Nephew Harold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's him. <laughs> and uh, great guy, uh, Pat yeah. McKenna. Yeah. And when he started there, it was kind of an interesting story. Him and his wife lived on Victoria Street, Victoria Avenue in Hamilton, just by Cannon. Yeah. And um, they only had one car, and she was a teacher. She needed the car to get to, to work. So yeah. I would drive him home. Oh. After the taping, because he had no way to get home, because we'd finish at like 11 o'clock at night, and she was in bed. <laughs> Great guy. 
Oh, gosh. My dad, he's one of those more serious type, right? You know, it takes a lot to get him to laugh. Mm-hmm. But anytime Harold came on and did one of his, <laughs> you know, or when he gets flustered because oh, yeah. they're talking about the ladies or whatever and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you would hear from the corner of the couch, <laughs> and that was my dad's laugh. But that was the biggest one you're ever getting. Wow. Like, like that. that's, you know, he's a pretty straight yeah. arrow kind of guy. But, yeah, Harold could get him. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a great show to do. It really was. Like I said, it's, it's unfortunate we missed, like, the, the middle section of it. But that was, it was a good time. He was nuts. He almost killed himself. I don't know how many times. Oh, really? Well, they used yeah. to, they used to do, a, they had a farm up by the, by our, our transmitter up on the mountain. And he used to go in there and like, he didn't know how to weld or he didn't know, really know how to do all that stuff. And he'd just go in there and cut a car in half. Yeah. It, it was, was it that why he came up with the handyman secret weapon of duct tape? Cause he didn't actually know how to use half Basically, the other thing. Yeah. That's great. And whenever they came up with, I don't know where they came up with these ideas of doing this stuff. Oh, my favorite is still the gullwing doors. Oh yeah. When I he, that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember that skit. That was a good one. And uh, another one my dad used to like was the Adventures with Bill. Oh, Adventures with Bill. Yeah, which is um, his name is Green Rick Green. Bill is his real name is Rick Green. Yeah, <laughs> it seems kind of funny that the show's Red Green and Rick Green is yeah right uh, there, but right he's there. not Red Green and yeah. he's yeah, yeah he's uh, and I know that well one of the guys that I golf with uh, Bob Finley he he filmed at the beginning it was film um he filmed a lot of that stuff up at the farm up here and then Kristen artis ended up uh taping it and then bob would you know he'd tape it we had a few guys that would go up there and tape it and we you know we got to know them very well morag had a show of her own his, his wife morag huh um can't remember what the name of it was. Only she was on Smith and Smith. She was. She was the other Smith. Smother Smith. Yeah. Right. And um, Frank the artist was at Hamilton Place, and they were the opening act for somebody. And um, the way I understand it is, is Frank went to them and said, "You know, you, you guys are really talented. Maybe we can put a show together." And they talked and talked and talked, and um, then they said, "Okay, let's let's do a, a pilot." They did the pilot. Then we didn't do the show for nine months because Morag was pregnant with their first kid. Oh, geez. So they couldn't do We didn't do the first show until like nine months later. Uh, and uh, that was it. Then we did Smith & Smith for, I don't know, five years, six years. Wow. And then um, we did a couple other shows um, and uh, with them. And, you know, and then, and then Red Green came. Yeah. And turned our studio into... A fun house, essentially. Oh God, yeah, the stuff we'd bring in cars and oh, jeez, it was just insane. Oh yeah, I always liked watching like what kind of car you got in and try and figure out if I can pinpoint how much you guys spent on that jalopy. Yeah. Just well, to there was a totally. there's a, there's the um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a uh, not a used car but a, a junkyard right beside the farm. Up uh, by um, oh, that's freaking handy as hell. Yeah, so they went in there and they just grabbed stuff, cars or trucks or pieces of steel, I beams, you know, whatever they had. 
that they came up with this stupid idea. To okay, me. what about the story behind the possum van then? Oh, the pot! Oh my God, the possum van! Um, <laughs> one of our guys had to drive it all the time, and it was it was just falling apart. But it was yeah, it was big old Dodge extended van. Yeah. Um, I wasn't involved in that stuff because a guy named Simon Krasha, uh, he was like their props master. And he would go out and get all that stuff. We used to get antiques down on, uh, there was an antique place down right under the Skyway. Oh, okay. We used to get stuff there and, and Simon would, you know, Simon, we need this. And he'd go and hunt for it and he'd find it. Prop hunter. Yep. Yeah. And um, he put the possum van together. And uh, I don't know where they got it. They probably got it from the guy from that had the uh, junkyard. Yeah. Because that's the kind of van it was, right? And, yeah. and Simon, would he said he would go in there and everything rattled. Oh, God. <laughs> everything just, just rattled. Just death trap. Oh, jeez. I knew one lady years back, and she was a prop designer. And she worked on movies like Annabelle and stuff like that. And she had to make, like, baby coffins and, and different things like that. And mm-hmm. she'd show me some pictures and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy crap. And she's like, yeah, it'll look a little bit different when you see it on film because I still got to do, you know, X, Y, Z to it. Mm-hmm. But she's like, but this is the basic form of it. And I'm like, holy cow. And then, like, even Alex says I should do that with some of the crap I make. But Those guys are geniuses. They come up with that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. They really are. You'll like when I'm working out for Halloween. I'll tell you what. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it, though. Peter knows, but Peter knows everything. He's kind of like God that way. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I've experienced that for myself personally. uh, Yeah, apparently he's got a and d campaign coming up where (laughs) he's going to make you fear God. That's pretty scary. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, that's been our hour. What'd oh really? Th- yeah. What'd you think? I don't know. You want to keep going? I don't care. Ah, we're we're I actually good. To go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if it's you all got good. any other questions, you know. Uh, I don't know. Do you? Um, I don't know. I don't think I got any questions right now. Nothing's coming to mind. Well, then I guess that that covers a lot of it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the problem I find with some of the things you and I have had. So many conversations, it's hard to remember what yeah what we haven't now just said. Or what even might come up like two days from now and go, oh, crap, I should have said that one, too. You know, things like that. It happens all the time, right? (laughs) But, uh, well, I'll give some backstory of how I met Dave. I started up at a corner store up by where him and his lovely wife, Jenny, live. And I was still trying to get to know the clientele, but I wanted them to know that I wasn't one of these robot, you know, would you like a coupon code or something, you know, like one of those people that are just completely about the company, right? So every time Dave came in, I had a new joke for him, whether or not it was dirty or clean or what it was, Dave got it, and then it was up to him whether or not he told it to Jenny when he got home. And then I even had a a night where Jenny came in and gave me shit for telling Dave so many dirty jokes. (laughs) Do you mind sharing one of your jokes? What's one of your favorite jokes that you learned? Well, one of my new favorite ones are what's the difference between Paul Walker and Betty White? I don't know. What's the difference? Paul hit 100 before he died. (laughs) He he was the guy from the Fast and the Furious movie who got in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you one of my favorite jokes? Yeah. 
Why doesn't Dracula have any mirrors in his castle? I don't know why. He just couldn't really see himself using them. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, <laughs> That's awful. I like it. <laughs> oh, well. My niece comes up to me the other day and she says, Uncle Matt, what do you call fake noodles? I'm like, I don't know. And she goes, an impasta. I'm like, oh, God. Dad jokes from a nine-year-old. Yeah. Anyways, I've been Mystery Matt, and you know what, Alex? I've always wanted to finish two podcasts with the word mayonnaise. <laughs>